0: Welcome to the Small Hours Podcast. My is Al Guevara. Thank you very much for joining us. It is episode number 18. Yay! Man, can you believe it? 18 it sounds different. <laughs> it's we're, the
1: temporary digs.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's a little uh, different um, location for the Small Hours Podcast. Usually we do it in the um, man cave that is my room in my house. Today we're doing it in your man cave. Yeah, baby. Which is your room in your house. And um, here we are, episode number 18. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off guard with
1: you. 18. What? 18?
0: I know. And it's the um, second one for 2016. So it's interesting because I um, recently retweeted a a friend of mine's podcast that he actually puts on YouTube. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. But... um, he uh, he's on like episode twelve, and he's been doing it for a while. So he doesn't do it as often as uh, as we do because I try and do it every week. We did skip a couple of weeks, so there are some lapses mm-hmm. in the uh, small hours podcast. But overall, we've been pretty consistent. Yep, not in the quality, but consistent <laughs> in the production. <laughs> So that's good. Big news, I guess, here in uh, in the Gateway City, we had a special guest in our uh, fair city. We had uh, Jax himself from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Charlie Hunnam
1: was hanging out in Laredo. Yeah, I saw pictures on Facebook all over the place. Uh, different people, of course, uh, as usual. I found out after the fact. Mm-hmm. Not that I probably would have been fanboy and gone down there to check it out. But, hey, but it would have been cool, right? Yeah, it would have. I, I, I really enjoyed the show. I loved the character, um, the, the conflicted character yeah. that. He played, and uh, it would have been cool to meet him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you could have told him, you know you're not the first cast member to be here. You also had, uh, who was it, Alvarez and Tig. They came to one of the... Um an event they had at Life Downs or something like that sometime back. Really? Kim Fields would have been cool to meet him. Today.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. a, I don't know, man. <laughs> the character was crazy. Yeah. I, I, I have I, a feeling that he, there's a little bit of him in that. I don't think he's too far off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that was natural or something, you know. typecasting. <laughs> right. He's like, can I just be myself? Yes. <laughs> we are exactly why we, But anyway, uh, apparently he was here yesterday and maybe even today doing some pre-pre-preliminary scouting for a film that he may may be portraying the American drug lord uh, La I Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, allegedly that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. So
1: we'll that see. that's been the rumor for a while that they were looking at him mm-hmm. uh, to portray that that part, and um, that'd be cool. You know, that'd filming here cool. in Laredo. I'm sure some of the stuff would have to be filmed. Uh, the early sure. the early stuff would would have to be filmed here, mm-hmm. uh, or doesn't not have, have to be. Yeah, yeah but uh, it would probably be a little better for the authenticity of sure. it. Or maybe he's just getting a feel for what it's like here, and then they'll film it somewhere in Los Angeles. Angeles and Trying to recreate it, yeah, recreate it. Are there any Hispanics in Los Angeles? A uh,
0: couple. There's a couple. All right, should be able to cast it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, I saw the Ridiculous Six, and there was a guy playing a Mexican there that wasn't really <laughs> Rob Schneider. Yeah, yeah. the really go-to
1: uh, Mexican for go-to uh,
0: ethnic guy <laughs> for uh, Adam Sandler movies. Anyway, welcome to uh, episode number eighteen, and I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get a chance to. Nobody was able to get a drop from Charlie Hunnam saying. Hi, this is, this is Charlie Hunt You listening to Small O's podcast because he's British. Or yeah, something. yeah. I don't know what accent that was, but I was my <laughs> attempt. It's a bit muddled. It was, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just like your tan. Uh, so yeah, no. I, it would have been cool, man. It would have, yeah. I uh, actually sent a Facebook message to somebody to see if they'd send me a uh, a drop. Really? If it happens, it would be like the freaking coolest drop I could like possibly get. At, at this moment in time, quite possibly the coolest drop I could get. So, I'm going to wait until the movie in question opens. If I haven't gotten it by then, then I'll say,
1: okay, this is who it was. Okay, so All it right. wasn't Deborah Foreman. I can tell Because I don't think. That would be kind of
0: cool. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. be. Hey, I'll even go for uh, Don Wells, man. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's always on. Mary I know. Uh, even Barbara Eden. I'll go for that. Linda Carter. Uh, follow Linda her on Carden.
1: Facebook. Yes.
0: All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> this past weekend's box office proved wait, to wait, wait.
1: be... Huh? You have to, before you mention that, we're yeah. on the eve of the drawing. Well, I mean, minutes away from the drawing for the largest... Powerball. L- powerball giveaway ever. Well, lottery. I don't think it's a
0: giveaway. Uh, well, yeah, lottery. But here's the thing. It's the largest prize ever... Ever. Worldwide, Right. Yeah. Like not even like what is it, La Bolsa or yeah, those B- big huge ones B- in B- Europe a- and all that. Giveaways, nothing. This is like bigger than some nation's GDPs. It's over a billion and a half dollars. And uh if if no one wins it, which by the way, if no one wins it, the chances of nobody winning it are astronomical. Yeah. It's like it's almost guaranteed somebody's gonna win. Almost. But there's you know. Yeah. We thought we thought they were going to win last time.
1: Yeah, the odds are the same for somebody to win. Of course, they've grown right. with the amount of tickets that have sold. Your chances are lower and lower and lower per ticket. Right. But the odds of it going without being claimed right. more and more then become slimmer that it will not be claimed. Correct? And if it doesn't, if
0: nobody wins, it'd go over $2 billion. That's, That's crazy. Amazing. Now, amazing. here's the thing. If uh, I were to... We were to win because I didn't didn't go in alone. That family, Mm -hmm. if we were to win the $1.5 billion jackpot and somebody else won, would you be disappointed? No, heck no, man. It's good. (laughs) 20 other people could win. You know, who cares? Yeah, it's still millions and millions of dollars. It's funny because, like,
1: some people, "Eh, I'm not going to buy one. It's only $400 million. (laughs) You know, it's like. I don't know if I could live off that, you know? I went and bought a Mega Ball because nobody was watching, and it. it was $145 million. Uh, mega, uh, what is it? I don't know. Something or another. One of the Megas. Yeah, one of the Mega Prizes. Mm-hmm. It was $145 million. Somebody won that last week. Really? Yeah. Yikes. It's down, it's down to 18 Oh, man. See, I'm not going to buy that. What do you, <laughs> you can buy one. Remember when million it was $1 million? Million and we were all excited? Yeah. Then it went to $3 million, the minimum prize. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, eh. Eighteen. It's it's old, it's old hat. Three old million hat. dollars. I only
0: keep one point five What's of What's it, why even what can you even do with one point five million? <laughs> that's literally. I'll show you. That's literally your retirement. Yeah, like you can literally retire off that.
1: Yeah, with like from the interest smart. and stuff. Yeah. You know.
0: Anyway, so good luck to everybody who uh, bought a ticket. Hopefully. If we do win the Powerball or a significant portion of the Powerball, uh, this may be the last Small Hours podcast for a while. We might be on hiatus. Yeah, yeah. might be on hiatus. And then I'd venture to say that the next... Episode of Small Hours Podcast may not be in America.
1: Yeah, it may not. No. And and the studio would much be uh, much better equipped. The the sound quality would also <laughs> be uh, a
0: lot better. And I'd uh, fly in Charlie Hunnam.
1: <laughs> there you go. Just
0: to do the audio drop. Just to do the drop. He's like Charlie. No, he'd be calling me. Say, like, uh, hello, is this uh, Al Guevara? Pronounce my name right. It's Guevara. You know, because I'm now a <laughs> multimillionaire, right? So, oh, yes, 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 yes Givara. And then, you know, it's, I'd, I'd like to do that audio drop that I heard you were. Uh, get in line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sama, uh, let's see when Sama's done. Yeah. Uh, when is she's scheduled? Yeah, Sama, 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 are you done?
1: <laughs> yeah, she's has she to gargle teeth. before, mm. yeah, so she doesn't go. She's and- clear throat. Mm-hmm.
0: Getting ready to make sure to say the, to pronounce Givara correctly course and she would absolutely she would. so anyway uh that would be the uh, hiatus and then uh we take it on the uh, on the road mm-hmm. and what what would be some of the places that you would like to record a <clears throat> small hours podcast
1: okay uh definitely somewhere in besides australia. iceland uh, <laughs> both poles now australia and uh and new zealand would probably for be sure good places in the be. shire bora bora um nice and then, of course, in Europe and in different places in Europe, throughout Europe and a little bit of Asia and, and uh, you know, just I'd, I'd love to go, do one from each continent. Absolutely. Yeah, like the cold stuff,
0: eh, yeah, we'll I guess it, if we had to. We'll do it in the summer. Sure. You know, it's like, <laughs> like going to the sun at night. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> like for sure, Iceland, me, for sure. Japan, um, New Zealand. Uh, I, for sure, absolutely, Elladay Island, the one island that looks like a saddle uh-huh. that just has the one house on there off of Iceland. For sure, we'd have to do a show there.
1: <laughs> and from international waters, of course.
0: Yeah, on, on our casino boat. There you go. And, uh, yeah, no, no. So, good luck to everybody who purchased a ticket. May your luck be less than ours but good luck <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless yeah
1: so people have to win five numbers and and no mega ball and you know four and three and two and one you know
0: like as and as long as you don't have to deal with the what those people did that read the wrong the wrong numbers did you see that when the video no. came out on uh today's show and they they had the right numbers but it was a wrong drawing
1: oh my goodness and so
0: they were they were convinced that they won. Oh, wow. I do know how it feels. I've told you the story before, right? I do know what it feels like to win a large amount of money.
1: Oh, but there was, yes, uh, repeat that story.
0: I I know the feeling. I know what it feels like to win a significantly large amount of money because I uh, purchased a scratch-off ticket that gave you a chance to win, again, a good amount of money. And I, I didn't follow instructions and I scratched them off incorrectly. And I was convinced that I won. So I, I was positive that I that I'd won a lot of money. So I know what the feeling is like. Yeah. I felt it, but it wasn't real. <laughs> My wife was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, well, look, I'm matching all the numbers. I scratched off everything, not just... It was like a bingo one or something like that. Uh-huh. So I scratched off everything, so I I got... All the numbers. The numbers.
1: <laughs> so was, but you should have only scratched off... The ones that
0: were given to me. Ah. Uh... Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was my uh for a my brief moment of um I guess kind of wealth. You know, and uh it was it was it was good. It felt good. It felt good, my heart was racing. You know, I, I was nervous, I didn't know what I was gonna do and it felt good. Alas, it was short lived. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of money, the uh, this weekend's box office, and I don't know if you heard about this, but the um, movie theaters and studio executives are complaining once again that piracy is killing the movie industry, and um, they just broke an eleven billion dollar movie year. <laughs> uh, but it could have been twelve, right? right? Exactly. It could it could have been Star Wars remaining at number one in its fourth week. $42 million in its fourth week.
1: Damn you, Pirates!
0: Total gross, $812 million domestically on a $200 million budget. Oh, wow. Domestically. Yeah. We'll get into the worldwide in just a bit. The Revenant opened in at number two. 39 almost $40 million. Nice. And uh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's uh, Not too shabby uh, of an opening. Daddy's Home, still in the top three in its third week, $15 million. The new entry also, Revenant was new, but it had been an, an In limited release, The Forest came in at number four with twelve million dollars. Sisters, still at number five, with uh seven million, six million dollars for The Hateful Eight, not doing as well as they wanted it to, but uh, it should hopefully make its money back because you know, you want him to make his last two films. Uh, (laughs) Quentin Tarantino, The Big Short, in at number seven, uh, that one with six million dollars. Alvin and Chipmunks, mind bogglingly, still at number eight with five million dollars, already over seventy five million dollars. The Road Chip, yeah. Joy in at number nine with $4 million and Concussion rounding out the top 10 with uh, $3 million for uh, Will Smith's latest dramatic movie.
1: Well, that tells you how wide and varied the tastes are in movies yep. and how much uh, over, Rumor especially right now after the the holidays where people are, ah, they're down from that high of yep. spend and rush and this and that and the other. Now, OK, time to kick back a little bit and let's go enjoy something as a family, maybe or on my own or whatever. Ship. And yeah, the, time for the kids for the kids (laughs) something for the chillins. Get him off
0: of the PS4. For crying out (laughs) loud, yeah. Um, I got to see the last uh, Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel. That was pretty good. Uh, Box office mojo. The Revenant exploded this weekend. His audiences showed up and drove Cecilio DiCaprio, braved the elements in his quest for revenge. A strong Oscar contender, uh, contender fell only to Star Wars, which again... Hit with the uh, number one for the fourth straight week. The opening places it in the top five January openings of all time, edging out Lone Survivor internationally. The Revenant pulled in an estimated $20 million from nine markets, giving it a worldwide cum of $58.2 million. Next weekend will be interesting to find out how uh, to find itself nominated in several Oscar categories, right? Last year, American Sniper dropped only 27% after its record-breaking opening, but it also had an A-plus cinema score compared to a B-plus that The Revenant received. So, congratulations to them. We're talking about the... um Force Awakens, and we've been mentioning uh, previously how it had uh, it was waiting to open in China. Well, it just brought in an estimated $53 million in its first two days in China, reporting it as the largest Saturday-Sunday opening of all time in the country. <laughs> but it should be noted, it's the only film to have ever opened on a Saturday in China. That said, it obviously scored the biggest Saturday opening of uh, all time. Uh, globally is now the third highest grossing worldwide release of all time, with over $1.73 Billion dollars based on international numbers alone. It's the seventh highest grossing uh, release with 921 million just behind Avengers. And that's just with international numbers. Wow. The most obvious goal now is to become the only the third film ever to cross the $2 billion mark worldwide. Finishing fourth is, uh, like I mentioned, The Forest. So uh, it, it looks like it's going to do all right. And I'm fairly certain it's going to do uh, cross the $2 million mark as, uh, you know, at least. And I think we mentioned that they expect it to hit maybe 2.2.
1: Yeah. Billion. Billion dollars.
0: And, you know, you can either make Star Wars or win the Powerball. <laughs> By the way, finally, if you scroll down the chart to 19th place, you'll find Spectre, the latest James Bond film currently playing in only 379 theaters, bringing in another $400,000, bringing its cube to $198.5 It's doing, Sony's doing their best to push it over $200 million domestically. I mean, just <laughs> trying to get it up there. So we'll see what happens. Um, Put it in the dollar theaters. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if they get they count those. I haven't, It's not It's in dollar theaters yet, right? Because I want to no, see it. No, I don't it. think so. Man. Hurry up. (laughs) Next weekend sees through uh, three new wide releases entering the fray, beginning with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart, with uh, Ride Along 2, also starring Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah. Nice. Whom I met in New York City at the Borders. Very cool. Apparently she heard I was in New York. And she went to the Borders. Set up a book signing because she knew I would show up. Of course. And now that she's going to be Psylocke in X-Men... You know, I mean, I'm one degree. I'm, there is no separation. There is no, no degree met her. of separation. There's I touched her between her and me. That's right. I touched I her. You. Her skin touched my skin. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I could say it was a peck on the cheek, but I'm not. I'll let your imagination B- run wild. Run wild. Our skin touched. Our skins, and now she's banging Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> so step down. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, you know. You know. Um, you left down. What could she do? And I'm married.
0: Also, another uh, movie opening up, Norm of the North. I don't know what to make of this one. The polar bear one? Mm. Yeah, but Have you seen the trailers for I, it? No. I, don't, it, I can't remember. It's like, I don't know. They're pushing it. Like, we're seeing it a lot. And even my son, Aaron, says, it looks like a
1: straight-to-DVD movie. Oh, wow.
0: Like that, you know? So it's like, I don't know. Was there a big clamoring
1: for Norm of the North? I don't know a it sounds it, it sounds to me like one of those uh um Sherman's Lagoon characters or something I know you know, know, you know comic strips no Sherman's Lagoon, yeah, no. there's a polar bear who's always like some bathing oh stuff yeah like. yeah yeah, maybe
0: uh the one with the crab and all that right yeah, 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 no maybe um maybe uh they made a movie out of that guy <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> <laughs> Is the name norm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, also, Michael Bay's newest film, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. It's going to be opening up. You were talking about a Ricky Gervais last weekend. That was one of your top of mind subjects. So the Golden Globes happened and Ricky Gervais happened and Mel Gibson happened. <laughs> then I have to say that was funny. <laughs> it was. And uh, he even asked him, what exactly are sugar tits? <laughs> but they bleeped Which it
1: blurred out. and bleeped, yeah. Uh,
0: by the way, he isn't backing down from one of the jokes. Are you, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. The 2016 Golden Globes host drew jeers during his opening monologue uh, after making a controversial joke about Caitlyn Jenner and the transgender movement. Uh, on Tuesday, the comedian defended the crack in a defiant Twitter post. Suggesting a joke about Caitlyn Jenner is automatically transphobic is like suggesting a joke about Bill Cosby is automatically racist, which I tend to agree with. Like, why should it be off limits, off limits you know? It's it, it's
1: normal, so it should be fair game.
0: Right. On Sunday, the Repeat Globes host joked during the opening monologue that he was planning to be nicer this year. I've changed. Not as much as Bruce Jenner, obviously. Now, Caitlyn Jenner, of course. What a year she's had. <laughs> she became a role model for trans people everywhere, he said, saying she showed great bravery. She didn't do a lot for women drivers, but <laughs> you can't have
1: everything. That was hilarious. I love that. <laughs> The delivery was excellent. I, 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 It was a spit take for me. I just said, <laughs> <"Bleh!"
0: laughs> Like that. Uh, he was adding, uh, referencing Jenner's involvement in a car accident in February 2015. Unfortunately, there was a... Uh, fatality. A, death, a fatality. The British comedian tweeted several other comments Tuesday that showed he has no intention of issuing a mea culpa for any jokes that raised eyebrows, and there were many. In the future, everyone will be offended by me for 15 minutes, he wrote. You have every right to be offended. Just don't cry when no one cares. <laughs> Shortly after the awards show, Gervais took to Instagram to post an image of himself on stage during the show, making it clear he was making no apologies for his envelope-pushing remarks. Can't wait for people to start reporting that I offended some people at the Golden Globes. Of course I effing did. <laughs> so, you know, you're saying you don't you don't like him. You're not a particularly fan, and, and I was mentioning that the, last year, but... I have to side with him.
1: Yeah, no, I I saw some of the, I I think I saw the ending of the show. hmm. I was able to catch it. And I saw on the internet the opening monologue and so forth and i i was laughing i was i was enjoying it, it was I, funny. yeah it was funny just because i i don't particularly like him i don't I, he wasn't whiny this year right. i think is what it was the the coming out with the drink and the, that was a little bit uh, grating to me but i think that's just my dislike for him Right. but i was able to appreciate the jokes it was it was hilarious the stuff that i heard I loved it. Excellent.
0: And that was the the funny part of the news, the sad part of the news. Just one of them that I'm going to touch on where you can t- touch on other ones in a bit. But a sad day for horror fans, man. Angus Scrim, I don't know if you remember the name or you recognize the name. The character actor who played the tall man in the 1979 horror movie Phantasm. And it's four sequels. He died Saturday. He was 89 years old. Phantasm director uh, Don Coscarelli reported his death on Twitter and Facebook saying he was the last in a long line of classic horror movie stars. He was a terrific actor and an even better friend. He also had a recurring role on Alias and appeared in films including John Dies at the End, which was a couple years back. I Saw the Dead and Chopping Mall, which I, I have seen. I have seen Chopping Mall. His last role was in the fifth and final installment in the series, Phantasm Ravager, which has not yet been released. He was born Lawrence Rory Guy in Kansas City, Kansas, studied theater at USC, but his acting career was slow to take off, and for several years he worked at Capitol Records running liner notes. Wow. He actually wrote for acts including Frank Sinatra and The Beatles. He actually, I think, won a Grammy for one of the liner notes. The first Phantasm film was recently or is being restored by J.J. Abrams, a longtime fan of the series, overseeing the 4K restoration, which will be released later this year. And uh, according to some reports, supposedly J.J. Abrams named Captain Phasma. After Phantasm, because I nice. was a fan of uh, Phantasm. Uh, and, I, and I remember watching Phantasm as a young boy. I don't remember, I guess it was, what, 1970, was it? 79 Nine. or 70. mm-hmm. So I was 11 years old. And I guess by the time I saw it, I was about 12. Maybe I should let Aaron see it now. Because I, I, I remember it was one of those movies that I watched. I had to have seen it at least half a dozen times. Yeah, yeah. And each time, he mm. boy, oh, snap! <laughs> you know, it was
1: just, a, it was just a, one of those movies. It was classic movie. It was. It was. It does stand the test of time. You can still watch it, mm-hmm. and probably even I haven't watched it as an adult, but yeah. I probably still have that little little feeling about it, I, I just like I just saw. Um, here's Johnny. Why, uh, why are you doing motorcycle hands now? <laughs> oh, The Shining. The Shining the other day, and there's several spots there where you are still like. Eep. Of course, I was doing a lot of the stuff. I uh, was the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and saying this <laughs> saying the lines, saying the lines along with the characters. Like, did you, you remember the, this before? Did
0: you, you remember uh, Scatman Crothers was in there? Yes, yes. <laughs> Took an axe to the gut, or what, uh-huh. what? Do you take an axe? I don't remember. Haven't seen uh, The Shining in quite a while. Scatman Crothers is one of those names, man. Him and Meadowlark Lemon, man, just two names that I really like. Yep. Scat man. may they rest in peace. Both of them. Uh, the most common cliche during award season in Hollywood is, oh, and rest in peace, Angus Scrim as well. Yeah. Uh, the tall man. Uh, the most common cliche during the award season is, it's an honor just to be nominated. But in the case of the Razzie Awards, you gotta wonder Fifty Shades of Grey, Fantastic Four, Jupiter Ascending, Paul Blart, Mall Cop Two, and Pixels were nominated for the 36th Razzie Awards for Worst Picture of the Year. Worst Actor nominations went to Johnny Depp for Mordecai, called it. (laughs) Jamie Dornan for Fifty Shades of Grey, which actually was surprisingly boring. Did you see it? No. It's surprisingly boring. Uh, Kevin James for Paul Blart and Mall Cop 2. Adam Sandler for The Cobbler and Pixels. And Channing Tatum for Jupiter Ascending. Nominations for Worst Actress went to Catherine Heigl, come on! For Home Sweet Hell, Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey, Mila Kunis for Jupiter Ascending, Jennifer Lopez for The Boy Next Door, and Gwyneth Paltrow for Mordecai. Vying for worst supporting actor are Chevy Chase in Hot tub Time Machine 2 and Vacation, <laughs> Josh Gad for Pixels and The Wedding Ringer, Kevin James for Pixels, Jason Lee for Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, and Eddie Redmayne for Jupiter Ascending. In contention for the worst supporting actress are Kaylee Cuoco for Alvin and the Chipmunks, <laughs> voice, voice Only, uh, and The Wedding Ringer, Rooney Mara for Pan. Michelle Monahan for Pixels, Julianne Moore for Seventh Son, and Amanda Seyfried for Love the Coopers and Pan. Worst remake slash ripoff for sequel nominations went to Alva the Chipmunks, <laughs> Fantastic Four, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, Human Centipede 3 Final Sequence, and Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, nominations for worst screen combo, but to all four of the Fantastic Four, uh, (laughs) Depp and his glued-on mustache for Mordecai, (laughs) Dornan and Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey, James and either his Segway or glued-on mustache in Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, and Sandler and any pair of shoes in the collar. (laughs) Vying for Worst Director are Andy Fickman for Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, Tom Six for Human Centipede 3, Final Sequence, Samuel Taylor Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey, Josh Trank for Fantastic Four, they did take the final cut away from him, so I don't know if it qualifies, and Andy and Lana Wachowski for Jupiter Ascending, yes, the Wachowskis from The Matrix. Nominated for Worst Screenplay are Fantastic Four, Fifty Shades of Grey, Jupiter Ascending, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two and Pixels. It's like a recurring theme. <laughs> I think they just there's didn't only like these those five movies. <laughs> movies vying for the Redeemer Award, which honors the former former Razzie winners who have gone on to do better work. Are Elizabeth Banks for directing Pitch Perfect Two, M Night Shyamalan for directing The Visit, which is actually pretty good, Will Smith for starring in Concussion, and Sylvester Stallone, a Razzie favorite, for his work on Creed, for which he won a Golden Globe. Yeah, you- congratulations.
1: He was uh, I, 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 he seemed a little touched. Yeah, unlike, he got emotional, unlike, right? Yeah, unlike me right now, was he able to speak. No, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not touching the head like me, but but yeah, he seemed a little emotional. Uh, yeah, he was able to speak, but he seemed like genuinely touched. Yeah, like so, thankful. Yeah, appreciative. And uh, Leo's first win, yeah.
0: Uh, did Leo get emotional
1: as well? No, he was very straightforward. Somebody said, uh, made a comment that it looked like he wanted to cry. I think he was just allowing everybody to finish clapping before he could speak. But uh, it was his first, yeah. also, right? I, I don't know. I know he has won an Oscar,
0: which is amazing, <laughs>
1: right? That he has With won an Oscar. He's done?
0: I mean, crazy. Um, having said that, I think there have been other movies that he deserved an Oscar for more than this one. Mm, I probably. mean, it's a, it's a good movie. Uh, but it's a little it's it's very much give this guy an Oscar yeah he's he fought a bear you know <laughs> and he did that that and the other the losers quote unquote will be announced. Oscar Eve, that's February 27th at a location to be announced. So maybe somebody will show up. I know. I think Tom Green showed up to pick up his razzie, and a couple others have shown up.
1: Yeah, if you're a good sport, I think you you go out there and and give those guys that are, that are razzing you. Why not? You know, take it. You know what? What the heck? Let's see. Out of out of all these people, who do you think would would show up? I, I would like uh, I would like to think that
0: Kevin James or something right. like that would first person that I thought of. Kevin James, maybe. Um, not Johnny Depp. Maybe Adam Sandler, you know, I don't know. And maybe Jason Lee for
1: Yeah. For Alvin
0: and Chipmunks. Which I think would be cool, but more press. (laughs) He is a Scientologist, so I don't know if he'd like descend down there with a whole Scientology
1: crew and (laughs) destroy. Don't touch me, don't look at me for being negative people. I will shoot thunderbolts and lightning out of my eyes and arse. (laughs) <laughs> Thunder out of my arse. Um All right, so there you go. That's
0: the Razzie. So uh, a couple of things that we uh, have top of mind. My top of mind segment is on now. First one, first and foremost, and only it's it's a uh, top of mind because I had already written down the Angus Scrim one. David Bowie passing, David Bowie passing, and it it was to me it was I don't know if it was as equal to a shock as Lemmy's passing. But only because I didn't know he was sick. Yeah. You know, like, let me, you know, he had been looking frail and kind of like, man, he's he's on his last months, days. We didn't know. David Bowie, I hadn't seen him in ages. Yeah. So I had no idea. You know, it's just one of those guys that you're like, okay, he's just, he's there. Like, um, Ernest Borgnine.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. He could be doing theater. He could be doing voiceovers. He could be doing nothing, just living
0: at Asner or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But his passing, and I think he was also sixty-nine or something like that, right? I don't, I don't remember. But uh, his passing was a a surprise that that he had cancer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hadn't heard anything either, and it it was a surprise to me. It wasn't. I liked him his uh, the '80s version of him, and I liked him some of his acting. I can't say that, wow, I'm a big Bowie fan. Right. I like the little drummer boy he did, that, that Christmas song. With Bing Crosby. With mm-hmm. Bing Crosby. Uh, I like some of his work. And, uh, you know, he was one of those cool guys that was in the 80s. If I think of the 80s, he's one of the people that stands out. Right. Uh, and there's several songs that, that'll, that'll be part of my in, interior soundtrack to mm-hmm. my life. And uh, it was a shock. Uh, not, not per se something like uh, Robin Williams. Right. You know, which was, oof, that one is uh, when I think of, of uh, famous people who have died by their own hand, especially uh, I think, you know, stupid. You had everything right. for the most part. But him was like, wow, that was a shock. Like Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, yeah. That was like, wow. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't by his own hand, but right. it was one of those things that kind of hits you. Because you always see the persona. Right. Yeah. You know? But then looking back at all the their body of work, you go, wow, they picked this, 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 and that. It was like they're picking these almost as uh, to be cathartic, you know, so they can right. work out some of their issues. So that's in like, hindsight. This is in me. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, like let me. I can show what's in me by by doing this character or doing this,
1: yeah, or whatever. It's the character, not myself. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when did when I heard about David Bowie, I was like, wow, man. Like you said, I hadn't heard of, about him in a long time, and it was it was a shock. But, um, yeah, he also, he was an older guy as well.
0: So. Yeah. And I got to hear the, um, cause you start seeing all these releases, right? The David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, under pressure vocals only. Mm-hmm. Golly, man. It's like both of them. And then you're, you're listening to it and you're like, there's, there's little errors. There's little, you know, mess ups and little, and when you heard it as a song, it didn't make a difference. You know, it didn't have to be perfect. It didn't have to be one take that was perfect and replay that one again. Later, when they do the chorus again, no, it was organic. Yeah. And you listen to it, you're like, man, it's me, especially Freddie Mercury. I mean, holy
1: crap. Oh, yeah, man.
0: So, um yeah, I mean, it was it was sad to see. And, you know, again, another loss. And it, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that we're starting to realize. We're getting to the point in our lives where our heroes are, are starting to pass. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, when... Funny.
0: You kept hearing uh when you were younger rather, when you'd hear oh um like Betty Davis died, like well it didn't really mean anything to me. I knew she was a, a, a superstar, a big star, or Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. You know, they're big stars, but to me there was no connection. Right. And now these are the ones that like you say, they're soundtracks mm-hmm. of our youth, you know, of our life where you can hear them, you're like, Man, I'm transported back to a time in my life when this was significant.
1: Yeah, like the the different Beatles that have that have passed on. You're like, wow, George Harrison, you know, and yeah. boom, especially him that was so quiet mm-hmm. in a way, but a so prolific. Song, yeah, I love, beautiful. I, I love George
0: Harrison. Some some of the George Harrison songs that uh, like um, "Give Me Love" or what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. Is that the name of the song? Give me, love, give me love. Beautiful song. You know, again, I'm not a, a big huge fan, like you say, but it's so so songs that touch you. Mm-hmm. You know, even stuff like "My Sweet Lord" and things like that—they just—they're different
1: because they were very
0: well done. Yeah, they were very sweet for mm-hmm. some reason. It just had a sweet tone to it. Um, and another, another uh, Hollywood or celebrity news: Gary Coleman also passed away.
1: Yeah,
0: in his forties.
1: Yeah, um, which uh, which is is odd because I thought he'd been dead before yeah. already. Was dead. Well, he had had a.
0: Uh, I know he had had. Health problems throughout his life, Mm -hmm. and uh, recently I think he had uh, had suffered a stroke. If I'm not mistaken, along
1: with the financial problems that he had, he
0: He passed away. And and I thought Todd Bridges was already had already passed. And I think he's still alive. He's the one that's still alive. Also, that you know, it was such a sad situation for all three of them. You know, yeah, Dana Plato passing also Mm -hmm. by a drug overdose. So,
1: uh, again, you know, you never know what's going to happen and just losing people left and right. Being ill prepared to cope with, with life, uh, and celebrity and, you yeah. know, never having money and then never having good advice. Once you have it, it's odd that, that, uh, you know, they are, or never being able to recapture that spark yeah. and not being able to deal with it. Right. Some people can fade away and just live it's okay. life. I had my moment. And mm-hmm. some people are always looking for that moment, like that cherry one high more, that one they one talk more, about. One
0: more, one more, one more,
1: and there it never never happens. comes. And some people can recapture it. Mm-hmm. Like when John Travolta came back with Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And
0: he literally just like, bam, straight up again. Yeah. So he was an A-list star again, you mm-hmm. know. But like you say, some people can't. We are speaking of uh, Lemmy earlier, and uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but there was a petition to name uh, Jack and Coke a Lemmy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, now, There's a lot of Lemmy petitions going around last week. There was the, uh, the, the heavy metal being named Lemmy, Lemmium. Lemmium, uh-huh. Uh, and it wasn't the only one. Fans started a petition that Lemmy's favorite drink, a Jack and Coke beanie, renamed in his honor. And it currently had 40,000 signatures. Well, Food and Beverage Magazine officially renamed the industry call-out of Jack Daniels and Coke, a Lemmy. To honor the Motorhead frontman, whether it'll take, you know, hold, we don't know. Blabbermouth reports the owner of the magazine is thrilled and used the momentous occasion to name drop his rock star friends. We're honored to represent the industry and bring the moniker The Lemmy to every bar in the world. Owning a rock club with Anthrax's Scott Ian and Alice in Chains' Jerry Cantrell gave me the chance to meet Lemmy and experience the legend himself. Now, this is the only difference, though. How do you make a Jack and Coke? Me with Jack and Coke. The official mix contains 2 ounces of Jack, 10 ounces of Coke, and then bitters, you're supposed to shake it with ice and strain it into a whiskey glass. And then they recommend a twist of lemon peel as a garnish. So they kind of that, embellished it a little bit. That sounds like a Cuba Libre. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, embellished it a little bit. Says, so I wonder how many times Lemmy got a garnish of lemon with his Jack and Coke. <clears throat> what the hell? Who uh, put this in my drink?
1: <clears throat> so It would get stuck in his stash. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: so next time you have a Jack and Coke, call it. The Lemmy. Hey, if the Arnold Palmer took off, right? Why not? Like, never know. You never Let me know. We have
1: a uh, half and half. Oh, is that an Arnold Palmer? What the hell is an Ar- Arnold Palmer?
0: Right. Yeah. So now, if we can have uh, the drink that was made for me at uh, Club Two Hundred Seven, if I could ever find that recipe again, <laughs> yeah, it was not bad. It was very sweet, though. I don't know. One final story before we uh, head on out of here. In Canada, there's a band called Sandman that prides itself on being Canada's best tribute to Metallica. Unfortunately. You know where this is going. Uh Uh-oh. Sandman utilizes a logo scheme that is entirely too close to Metallica's. And the band's legal team is having none of that. Like I mentioned last time, Metallica is no longer our band. It is now Metallica the corporation. Yes. Ox TV caught wind of the situation and found out that the band's legal team had issued, are you ready for this? A, a cease and desist. 41 page <laughs> cease and desist to Sandman regarding the use of the logo and that makes, well, perfect sense. Uh, before Sign you get up in Lars arms, Eldridge. yeah, before you get up in arms, crying out money-grubbing sellouts at your computer, think about it. Metallica is a business. You see, even Metal is saying it. Would you want someone running around using your likeness and making money off of it? I'm sure if someone did something similar with, say, Apple or Coca-Cola, they wouldn't get away with it either. Plus, this isn't the first time the band has rightfully defended its own brand. Metallica has sued Victoria's secret in the past for using its name on lip pencils without authorization in 1999. And a wheel company that named its wheels Metallica in 2001, that's just dumb, for example, yeah. <laughs> because it's their copyrighted brand. Sure. That's what copyright is for, right? To have the thing that's yours be yours without somebody stealing it. There's also the fact that if you let someone use your likeness name or whatever, then people assume that you're allowing it to happen. What if Sandman uses Metallica's logo? People think Metallica endorses it, and then Sandman does something, you know, crazy or racist or illegal. Now Metallica is inadvertently roped into the situation. Not to mention Metallica isn't even seeking money or damages here. They're just asking Sandman to stop. Using their logos seems reasonable. Metallica are currently in the studio, hard at work on the follow-up to Death Magnetic. They've been teasing a few riffs from the studio in video updates, so we understand.
1: Yeah, and I I was pointing that out... Stop Uh, using our logo! (laughs) Damn pirates. Pirates. Uh, (laughs) And I was pointing that out how how so many people here locally rip off so many corporations right? yeah. by you know having their like the I, I mentioned the Texans yeah uh, like literally bullhead with another name on it right 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 um, and there was another one was there like a Domino's rip off in Nuevo Laredo or something like that <laughs> hey, There's an ATB rip off in San Laredo really ATVito oh wow. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of... that. I look at them and say, don't these people know trademark? Yeah. In, in fr- copyright infringement. I was having that
0: conversation with a guy selling DVDs and CDs outside of a grocery store in uh, Clark Boulevard.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those times when... No, uh, you know. Then you get in more trouble if, if you do what I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't say you. <laughs> If if you, if you were to come up and say, uh, can I see your... Uh, Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to confiscate all these, and then for, for you know what, you're in, the,
0: you're behind bars. Yeah, for impersonating a law enforcement or something, right? But I'd have plenty
1: of CDs, and if I sell them, I could pay for my bail. Yeah, I know it's it's just hilarious. It was, it's it's sad, really, that you know. Yet you like somebody in this case where it's a tribute band, and they're saying we are paying homage to right. this band. And making it clear, we're not them. We like them, and right. we want to do our best to sound like them. And maybe you never had the opportunity to go see them, but here we are. We're going to come play in your bar, and and you know because we've had bands like that come through here. Yeah, tribute bands, tribute bands, and and they that's how they're built. Yeah, like uh, a Journey
0: tribute band would be called like Escape or whatever, something. Yeah, right. named after one of their right lights or something yeah. like that, or uh, a Boston tribute band, which. If anybody would try to be a tribute band from Boston, I'd be super impressed. Yeah. yeah. you
1: know, Especially <laughs> you could with the singer
0: and the guitarist. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Now, I, I understand where they're going, especially with the whole copyright thing and whatnot. And I think what makes it a little more palatable is, like I said, they're not asking for, for money or damages or anything like that. Right. Just you know, a local, high,
1: a local high school got a cease and desist yeah. on it because uh, their uh, the Texas Longhorns logo, Longhorns, right? yeah, their logo was very similar. But they pointed out, look, this is how it's different. Yeah, and and and, uh, and the longhorn said, "Okay, you know. it is a longhorn." Yeah, it's now, orange. It's a different shade of orange. I was gonna
0: say, uh, contributing to it was that it was also orange.
1: Yeah, and most if you go around the state, there's a lot of longhorns. There's a, they're all orange for the most part. Yeah, or well, they're a lot of them are orange for the most part, but they have you know a little different bend in the horns. The ears mm-hmm. are different. There's a this, there's a that. The ears? Yeah, ears on there. Yeah, no, or some have ears and others don't. Yeah, because that'd mm-hmm. be like what the. Has ears. I I never noticed. You've never noticed a guy has ears? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Anyway. uh, One final note following up on something we mentioned last week on the Small Hours podcast. The upcoming Venom Inc. show at the Corova. I got confirmation that I I need to show up uh, an hour before doors open. And it looks like I'm going to be getting an interview with... Tony, the Demolish Man. Awesome. Demolish man. Dolan. So uh, thank you to Rodrigo, their tour manager, for setting that up. And uh, hopefully I'm going to take my Venom stuff to get signed. The picture... That I took with him in uh, Mantis. Hopefully I can get that signed by both of them as well. And I'd love to meet uh, Abaddon, hopefully. so That would be very cool. I've been following all their, their posts, different fans and, and whatnot of their U.S. dates, and they've been hanging out pretty much every night with, with fans. So very cool. Hopefully I'll get the opportunity, and uh, there's good news and bad news, because it's on a Wednesday. So if I don't show up for that man as you. <laughs> <for> <laughs> that next one, you'll understand it's why. It's
1: understandable.
0: Yeah, so anyway, so thanks to them. By the way, uh, we haven't been playing um, music on the uh, Small Hours podcast, but we're working on it. We're going to be bringing some up. As a matter of fact, I got an email from, from Sarah, the one I mentioned last uh-huh. weekend. She's already going to start setting me up, and she passed uh, our contact information to a couple other people. Very cool. So hopefully we'll be getting more uh, more bands being submitted. If you are a hard rock or heavy metal band, and you'd like your music, you'd love, love to give us your music and your bio to feature on the Small Hours podcast to be heard by at least a dozen people, send us an email, hours email at gmail.com. That is Small hours email at gmail.com. You can always find our podcast at thesmallhours.podbean.com. And don't forget to stop by our Facebook page, The Small Hours Podcast, all together. Party thoughts? No, uh,
1: good luck to everybody who bought tickets for the big, gigantic Powerball drawing. Uh, like Al said, hopefully you—we you, wish you luck. Not as much as our luck, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and if you do, remember to be kind to, to other people. Can uh, be a sponsor. big the smaller. There you go. <laughs> think of somebody who is in need, and uh, and spread the wealth. Uh, as far as as far as uh, the rest of it, you know, love your kids, hug them, kiss them, buckle them up, and we'll see you next time. Excellent. Thank you very much, Joe, again.
0: Small hours email at
1: gmail.com
0: and thesmallhours.podbean.com and Facebook.com slash the small hours podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. We enjoyed doing it. Saying goodbye from Joe's Man cave for episode number 18. You've been listening to the Small Hours Podcast with Al Gavada. I'm Al Gavada. We'll catch you next time.